0: Um
4: 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
5: And it is another beautiful Saturday afternoon, despite the overcast. Ladies and gentlemen, there is football's flying in the air. Football is back, everybody. We're, we made it. Hey, 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 hey. Training camp started this week. Uh, me and BLG have been down there an awful lot. We will continue to be down there as BLG is going to race from the studio all the way down to Novacare, Not the link. So if you are <laughs> actually, <laughs> if you were like Andrew Siciliano, Cicil-
6: Siciliano, I think. Uh,
5: yeah, there we go. That's the proper pronunciation of the NFL Network. And you're just hanging out the link. Well, uh, they're not going to be down there today. <laughs> so, but it's just been moved to tomorrow
6: at 10 a.m. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. James Selter. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm just disappointed that the audience couldn't see your sweet dance moves before we got back. <laughs> I mean, they were they were pretty sweet. Well, like, the, the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook audience luckily, might have seen some of that. So. Luckily. That's why you got to tune in on the Facebook Live and get to see those sweet dance moves.
5: <laughs> BLG, what's happening with you, man? How are
7: you? I'm doing all right. I'm glad that Eagles football is kind of back. You know, No real games yet, but we have the, the practices going on. And, and they're not in pads quite yet, but Mm-mm. still, it's much better than talking
5: about ranking some kind of arbitrary
8: thing (laughs) like we always do in July. Uh,
5: And we'll obviously get into a lot of the moves that have happened, but interestingly enough, something that didn't happen. And you would think like, okay, last couple of days, we're just going to get everybody in. Everybody's hanging out in the locker room. We're, I'm standing there. I'm just, yeah, okay, Michael Kendricks is talking as yeah, Rawls. Yeah, by the way, I wanted to be <laughs> traded last January. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out. What's going on here? So, yeah, I, I just Michael Kendricks, I think, opening up. And he, he, the only reason why, he's, why he did it in the first place and to announce to the entire media that was surrounding his locker room, he still wants to be traded. There's no doubt about it. You don't, you don't do that otherwise. So I thought it was a, an interesting approach to kind of do. I don't blame him for, one, going to management, Two, how many trade scenarios have we as fans and media put him in in the last two years of him not being here? And look, he's just going to play 23% of the snaps. I get it. This team needs corners. Try and work out a deal. Uh, And, you know, I I think they need to kind of pull the trigger sooner than later on this if he's already publicly saying he wants to be traded still.
6: Yeah, well, that's the problem with him publicly saying it, right? Like, the leverage goes down with every word that comes out of the man's mouth. But... Um, it is interesting because we on this very station, we had Adam Kaplan on the Midday Show, and he said that the Niners were very close to a deal. He thought the deal was going mm-hmm. to happen at the draft to to trade for Michael Kendricks. So really supports that not only did Kendricks ask, but the team tried to, to you know, kind of satisfy his wishes here, which I guess if you're Michael Kendricks, that's really all you can ask for. And like you said, John, I don't blame him. You know, if uh, we're not, you know super excited about having Michael Kendricks on this team in the first place. Uh, you know, he obviously has some athletic ability. If he wants to go somewhere else that he thinks will fit him better, you know, good riddance.
5: Yeah, and just just so you know, I mean, he was he was very blatant about it. Here's how it sounded.
9: Was there ever any conversation with the front office throughout when, when they were trying to trade you? Any, so any conversation? Yeah. Um, you know, the last time I, I spoke to the upstairs was the – was the exit meeting, and um, right before they had an option to cut me, which was they had an option to, to do that with 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 no money owed, but they decided to keep me. So, uh, I you know sometime during I don't know sometime there was a clause in the in the contract, but they they decided to keep me, which was like a was like a okay well, you know. <laughs>
5: Did you ask them to the trade. I mean, were you trying
9: to hope that they would accommodate? It? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, we talked about that. I, I asked for a trade for sure. What, what was their response?
5: Did
0: they say we'll try, but we'll see, or
9: no? Their, you know, their response was, um, "You're young and you're talented, and we're not into that." So <laughs> that's a, I took it like that and just was like, "All right," and you know, that's why we have agents. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, any other questions about that? I'm not answering anymore. Like that's what it is. That's as simple as It's cut and dry. That's a. That's the business. It's just like that. You tell them what you want. They either do it or they don't. And you are in the contract that you signed. So. That's-
5: yeah, it's just like, hey, uh, here's this big thing, but no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. I want to be jo- And can you imagine? I was just as uh, it's replaying in my head. Can you imagine Howie Roseman saying anything like that? It's like, well, right. you're young and talented, and we're just not into that. It was like going to go into a total dad voice in there <laughs> when he's sitting in a, in an ex interview. I don't know. What do you what do you make of this, BLG?
7: It's a really weird situation. He only played about twenty seven percent of the snaps last year. Clearly, just not a good fit for this defense in terms of what Jim Schwartz wants to do. You know, he's a, a guy who's all about getting pressure with the front four, and as we know, Michael Kendricks his best skill is rushing the passer. Really, for a linebacker, I mean there's times where he was out there last year early in the season in that Lions game he was terrible like it was just a really bad the defense got off to a terrible start in that game and you could see that the team was worse at times with him on the field so it's like how is he still here he doesn't fit <laughs> here he he wants to be traded i think a thing to keep in mind about this is obviously like the eagles don't feel great about their linebacker depth i don't think that's just because of the guys who like are the backups i think it's because of the Nigel Bradham situation which is still going on, and he could potentially miss, I think, somewhere from, like, two to six games, something in there, so that's a big thing. It's, like, an underrated thing hanging over this team still.
6: Yeah, I've actually talked about it a lot. I feel like this offseason is is kind of looking at the positions, and we we talk a ton about cornerback, but not a ton about linebacker. We're really after Jordan Hicks. There's, there's no one, as you said, with Bradham, this, this kind of hovering in the air, there's no one you can really count on there. And I know we all love Joe Walker. Everyone's excited about Joe Walker. And I'm excited about Joe Walker considering, you know, the, the story and the seventh round pick and all that, but um, you know, you can't count on Joe Walker. So, no. so when you look at the situation and that's kind of my issue with my, with Kendricks, again, I have no problem with him, with him asking to be traded. My bigger issue, and I'm not saying lie to reporters, but to just kind of put it out there on the, the first day of camp like this, essentially, is it's, A, again, hurts the team's leverage to move you and then just kind of puts a cloud around things that that don't need to be there when you're starting to get this thing rolling. So I don't know about you, John, but my issue is not that he has to be traded. It's that now he's coming out and saying, I wanted to be traded. Yeah, I,
5: I think at, at, at some point, like there are times, I think, when an athlete speaks up and be like, seriously, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Where it works and yeah. it's and it's and it's, you know, righteous and things like that. Hell, we even saw that with Sam Bradford last year. I everybody got mad at that, but I was like, No, yeah, just, just leave. I don't care. Uh but with Kendricks, yeah, it's I, I'm with you. This situation hurts him. Yeah. Like they're they know that okay, he wants to get out of there. We're just gonna wait and see, because if Jim Schwartz, as we I still think going into this year has final say on his defense, I actually do think Joe Walker could be a starting weak side yeah. linebacker in his mind, not through, you know, I, I'm Schwartz still waiting is mine, to see... Schwartz's mind, you Schwartz's mind, yes. I, def- yeah.
6: I hope in Joe Walker's mind. No, he no yeah, of course.
5: Yeah, no, he, he definitely is, uh, uh, as, as we will get into definitely with some uh, impressions from this past week, but I, I do think that there is, yeah, there's not a ton of linebacker depth. I actually don't think it's as bad as we thought going into this thing. You know, they're still, they're, they're very high on Don Cherry, you know, who is practice squad, Villanova guy, Only only one year that was coming through here, and very versatile. You can put him you know, in the middle, you can put him at will. You can put him at strong side. There's a, there's, there's a lot of more interesting pieces than I thought. Joe Walker is one of them. Obviously, you got to worry about his health and things. But if you, even, let's just say, we all know that Michael Kendricks' liability is definitely in coverage. And you can't put him out there on third down. And really, I, this is where I keep coming back to. Even though Jim Schwartz doesn't like to blitz, and sure, he's probably not the best scheme fit. Overall, even when he does rush, rush the passer on blitzes and things, Still not that great. I mean, he doesn't get home all the time. It's not like he's Clay Matthews out there. He's just... Sometimes he just runs into a a, a left tackle and that's it. <laughs> and the play's over.
6: And I think that's symptomatic of him as a player. It's he has the athletic ability to get there. You can see it. You can see the burst. You can see the way he flies yeah, through absolutely. the line. He just doesn't play smart once he gets there. He's not reading and reacting. He's just kind of going full on out which Erratic. which in this system that's what you want from your defensive lineman, right? That's the point of the short system. Let those guys just go. But even as a blitzing linebacker like you need to to read a little bit. You need to feel the play and even see what the quarterback's maneuvering in the pocket. I feel we see Kendricks get in there and then he flies by him a lot of times. It's not, it's not a heady play ever with Michael Kendrick.
5: And I wonder if we kind of, you know, we're drumming up all these, (laughs) he's doing it on his own, but all the different scenarios that you could kind of go in here and think of. So what exactly would be his value anyway? Now that, I mean, ultimately it looks like he's hurt it a little. And is is this more or less like if you're going to trade Michael Kendricks and you figure something out, is it a player for player thing? And that's kind of it. I feel like those don't happen a lot in the NFL, but I think that's what's going to work here, BLJ.
7: That would be ideal. I mean, I think, you know, Jimmy Kempsky has said it. We've all been talking about it for a long time. The Kyle Fuller thing, he had specifically uh, suggested trading those mm-hmm. as a one-for-one. I don't know. The if new the... truest eagle. Yeah. Well, or eagle Oh my! There you go.
5: And see, James go- usually goes with the eagle
6: oh,
7: went no, with it's the eagle
9: And by <laughs> the way, if you're, if you're not familiar
5: with that joke, there were a lot of NFL beat reporters, I think five years ago, That slipped and never did the S with the A. So that's the ongoing joke on the Twitter.com, which you can follow us on a BGN underscore radio, by the way. That's the iPhone autocorrect uh, (laughs) (laughs) thing going on there.
7: So, um, yeah, Uh, I I think Kendrick's value to the team, John, that you asked about is it's it's hard because, again, if you know Bradham's going to miss six games, like how can you get rid of Kendricks for nothing like you can't because like you well, need to not, have a but, guy in but there. also Kendricks isn't going to come in there and be a strong side linebacker either no but like he's going to get more playing time like who are you going to play if like who who else would you play over him yeah this over over, Kendricks, over you mean? yeah let's say you know Bradham is out for six games mm-hmm. and you have Kendricks or Kendricks on the roster who are you playing over him? Yeah, I
5: guess the only only thing that kind of comes to mind because he's be able to play both sides is Najee Good is going to fill in for Bradham and then but Kendricks then maybe you want to split that time. You all don't want to you know yeah.
7: give one hundred percent of the snaps there to one guy. So I think uh, it's still fluid there. I think you know they also the Eagles also want to see. I think another reason why they're being patient with this is they want to evaluate their linebacker depth. Like they want to see like can we see more to Don Cherry, Camo. Gru J. Hill. It's a, it's a mouthful.
6: Ooh, you nailed it, it, yeah, it though. You nailed it. it. That was yeah, good yeah, work that was right there. Yeah. He
7: is like an intriguing guy to me, especially on the weak side there. I know the, the Eagles talked to everyone's kind of interested in, in Nate Gary or Nate Jerry. I, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what that know. I, yeah, I, I keep going back and forth I, I, every yeah, day, too. I had thought it I, was...
5: I, I think Jerry, it's Jerry. Yeah, yeah
7: it's Nate. What I Jerry. Taught, well, you have Don Cherry? So you should <laughs> the other one should be Nate not, Nate Gary, Don
6: Jerry, right?
5: Nate Jerry. <laughs> so
7: I think Taking they want to take over see the what world. They have Don there.
6: real quick the Don Cherry thing totally throws me off. I keep I can't Go think, right I'm into the hockey of, guy. Yeah, yeah, suits. I keep thinking of the crazy suit and I am like Don Cherry. Anyway. Uh, American hockey is bad. Yes. <laughs> bah, bah, bah.
5: Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
7: I think they just want to see what they have there at their depth before they make a move.
6: Yeah, and,
5: it, and again, that linebacker depth is going to be uh, – is is becoming more interesting, and we're not even into the first week of camp. Yeah. And honestly, I just think that uh, – specifically with Joe Walker, and it's wh- one of the reasons why it's great to kind of talk about Kendricks and talk about all this different stuff is, yeah, I mean, we all remember that he more, – more than likely, he was going to be a lock to make this football team last year if he didn't get injured. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, most of the time, if a guy's coming off of an ACL – He's worried about it. he's rehabbing that constantly. But to have that, I think, that entire year off, I mean, there is nothing wrong with him mentally Mm -hmm. at all. Like, serial killer eyes when he's out there. And he's got the goatee and he's (laughs) soft-spoken when he's he's in the locker room. So you're just like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. And he is. And he is that nuts. And I think he could do – I think he's strong enough and he's got a big enough frame to either go weak or strong side. So, again, the versatility that they're kind of looking for – and I, I, I almost wonder, even though, yes, it's a completely different scheme and obviously they're not too gapping. So they're not helping out their linebackers. I still feel much like the secondary, the linebacking core doesn't need to be, it needs to be good, but it doesn't need to be great. It just needs to make the play that's in front of them. And I think they have guys that can do that.
6: Uh, yeah. I think that's a great point, John, especially and and we've talked a lot about the D line and, and the potential for that. And the upside, if, if, you know, a lot of depth there, a lot of guys you can run in and out. So you know you're counting on the defensive line to really carry this defense uh, in that mind uh, not uh, you know forgetting the fact that you do have Jordan Hicks back there so like and again I, we talk all the time about how important he is but you know, that much more massively important yeah but, by
5: the way his finger rest in peace yeah right exactly With but he's got the he's got the bubble <laughs> the bubble all already around him good keep yeah. it
6: keep it as healthy as you can let it let it heal um so so that does help having a guy like Hicks there can make up for other deficiencies in the linebacking core, as it were. But I'm with you on Walker, man. Like, they loved him last year. He got hurt. Having that full year, and the biggest thing, you know, with the ACLs, with stuff like that, it's it's these guys going out and being able to trust their, their leg, trust their knee, trust that it's not going to get hurt again. And from every sit- thing we've seen from Walker, there's no tentativeness. There's nothing holding him back. And, you know, I, there's, real, there's real upside here.
5: And BLG, especially with special teams and things like that, too, where, you know, if you're going to play in a depth role or whatever, mm-hmm. And this is where it kind of gets really tricky, because if you're going to hold on to Kendrick's and he's only going to play 23 snaps and he's not going to play special teams. So it's just kind of like all these different things add up. And I don't know, I feel I feel confident enough in the depth that they have there that you probably will and should move on to from Kendrick's by by the end of, you know, the last preseason game here. Well, he's definitely
7: gone after this year. Like, we know that much. So, yeah. you can save $4.4 4 by either cutting or trading him next year. So, if anything, like, this is his last year with the team for real this time. <laughs> I know he's, he's it been took in, us a while. But, he's uh, been in trade rumors since, like, back since when? Like, 2014? Just yeah, like forever? Yeah. I for mean, almost, chip. For the, a, the entire a long chip time. era
6: until they signed him. And then it was like, oh, wait. You know, it was like. Can oh, we talk about
7: that for one second? It was the weirdest yeah. thing ever. It is a very. It's so weird in hindsight that they signed Kendrick to that extension. Yes. Like he never seemed to be like a Chip guy. Obviously, Chip didn't draft him, so by that logic, you know there was no loyalty there. But then, like he gets he gets this extension, and now he's like one of the his cap hit is one of the highest on the team. I think it's eighth or something yeah. around there. And he's only playing twenty seven percent of the snaps. Like, the, and how he drafted him. So the guy at least who's drafted him is back in charge, but he doesn't even seem to like him a whole lot. Or maybe he does if he's keeping him around. I don't yeah, know. It's he, so like yeah. weird.
6: Well, on top of that, just to, to along those lines, it was also that it wasn't just that the contract itself was weird. It was that, like, if all we heard was they don't like him. They're trying to trade him. It was like everything leading up to it was like Michael Kendricks is gone. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, here's a contract.
5: Exam. I always thought that, you know, and you're right. I always thought there was like a uh, uh, that was kind of Jeffrey Lurie talking to Chip and be like, listen, man, you, you've you done a lot here and we need to assure players that they're going to be okay when it's they come in here next year. Theory. You have to sign Michael Kendricks. I always he's thought done that right the Barwin us.
6: thing. That was kind of what I saw with the Barwin thing, mm-hmm. too. That was my thought. But I, I could totally see that with Kendricks as well.
5: And because of all the difference. I mean, that was, you know, Mariota craziness that was happening right around that <laughs> yeah, time. Funny. And he was always linked in to that along with Fletch yeah, and all those guys. Right. And be yep. like, you have to nip this in the butt now. It's over. And you need to make him happy. So do the unthinkable. And, and we were all shocked by it. I was like, how <laughs> in the hell is Chip <laughs> Kelly extending this guy? It makes no sense going on here. Well, uh, we are excited to be with you until 3 o'clock, and uh, if you have any questions, we're going to go through some training camp impressions from this first week. Plus, we want to know, who are you getting excited about? Who do you want to see that's just like, yes, we can check that box off, everything is cool, because I think I got three All ready to rock and roll. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio right here at Sports Radio 94 WIP.
4: This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
5: So uh, those that might have been interested in Darrell Revis, it seems like. Ian Rappaport is putting those uh, putting those flames out rather quickly, as uh, <laughs> the Eagles don't have much legit interest, so, you know, legit int- much legit interest, I would say, is, eh, maybe they're kicking the tires, but like, yeah, sure, if you want to come in for a million bucks, I guess so, uh, all- along those lines, I don't even want them here, really, yeah. it's weird to say that about Terrell Rivas, but uh, just, I know that's been kind of going around for the last two weeks, and Stop it because, yeah. you know, he's, he's not the same guy anymore.
6: Not close. To that. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. You know, we saw it last year. It was just a different football player. And that happens. Like, how many times have you seen guys just kind of fall off a cliff like that? It's it's kind of the the way of the world in the NFL. It's very rare that a guy steadily declines. And then, you know, it's a, a natural progression. So, Um. Yeah, I'm with you, John. Look again. If 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 Darrell Rivas wants to come here for a million bucks, I'll I'll take a flyer. Right. But but I'm with you for the most part. I think the Rivas stuff. Uh, not not necessarily the right move.
5: Uh, By the way, we're going to be very busy during training camp. We got a lot of great stuff going on. Bgnradio.com. Also at BGN underscore radio. We're expanding our coverage this year. We're going to do daily episodes. So Monday through Friday, there will be Eagles talk going on along with our main. You know, pod, and uh, it's all right there at uh, BGN underscore radio. I want to go first to our good friend, Scott in Barrington. Brother Scott, what's happening, pal? How are you, man? Oh,
0: man, say it ain't so. J and J. <laughs> what's going on, Scott? fellas? What's up, brother? Nothing much. Enjoy talking to you, man. I'm hyped up about the season. Just told my dude to answer the phone. My boy, Leon, snuck up here from North Carolina. Every time he comes home, there's a spot over here running me The a sports store New Jersey. Leon went in there and came out like it was Christmas time. He said, "Whatever you want,
10: <laughs> it's all me." I just said, man, "I love you,
0: man. Stay away more often." But um, <laughs> fellas, yes, I am um, I'm I'm just ecstatic about the season. Um, but let's get down to business. What I really call for, and um, let you guys get on to these other callers. Uh, too quick. I answer questions. 1st I'm excited seeing this year. Go a different route. Um, uh, what so intrigues me was this reference. You may laugh, but I. Uh, I want to
5: see
6: Mr. Long. Sky, uh, we're having trouble hearing you. It sounds like I'm going to cr- put Chris, you on hold just, yeah, just we'll for on one hold. second. I think he said Chris Long. I yeah, I, heard, I Long. heard Chris
5: Long in there. I, I got to tell you, like, Chris Long is, uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of him yet as far as, like, what he, what terms of impact, but, like, he's awesome.
6: He's the best. He's so cool. He's fun. <laughs>
5: he's, he's a great guy in the locker room. Like, he understands what's going on. I think the tats help him, you know, make him a little. Look, look a little look a little tougher I wonder why you're saying gonna, that huh? I'm just saying no. I, <laughs> I wear him and people go oh yeah no that guy's still fat uh but yeah the, 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 uh, the uh I it, yeah it's uh, I think he's going to be a great third down pass rusher type of very uh, a guy that you can put in several different situations in that NASCAR package that I think Jim Shorts likes to run and they haven't had a a guy to really do that sorry Vinny no no disrespect towards you but um, I think they can just be a little more creative with the amount of pass rushers they have. And Chris Long's one of them.
6: Yeah, no, we mentioned it before. Just the general depth and the ability to to kind of bring guys in and out and have guys really fresh. And and also, like we mentioned, I mean, look, Chris Long, not just a veteran presence, which he is, you know, a legitimate guy who, who has won a Super Bowl last year. Uh, but also, like we said, man, it's just it just brings a level of fun, like the the Long Johnson thing this week where he like forced <laughs> Lane Johnson to yes. be next to them. So the picture could read long. He's BLG's just a funny guy and like and like seems to have fun with, with something that should be fun.
7: That moment was really great, too, because normally, like, Lane Johnson and the offensive line, they, they warm up towards, like, the sideline of the end zone, and, and Chris Long was, like, all the way in the middle, so Chris Long specifically, like, went out of his way to be like, wait, Lane, come over here. And, like, he you know, he didn't explain to Lane why either. He was just like, come over here, and Lane's like, why, dude? He's like, why are you having me warm up next to you? He was like, really? Like, what's going on here? So, I don't know if he picked up on it right away, but I saw what was happening. I was like, it, it. It took me a moment to figure out. I was like, wait, why does he? Oh, yeah, I get it now. I can't remember. Did he give you a heads up about that too? He's like, hey, hey, hey. No, oh, I just no. like it was just weird. Like I think he he knew some media was watching him, but it wasn't a lot because a lot of the reporters were on the other side of the field watching Wentz and everything.
5: So uh very smooth move by Chris Long. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's go back to Scott. Scott uh, sorry, buddy, we we're having just some phone troubles there. We No, we, can you hear
0: me can you
2: yeah, hear me better now?
5: We got you now. Absolutely.
0: Good, good, good. Um, thanks for that answer. Um a last fellow question, fellas, is I always join listening to you guys be safe in everything you do today. Uh I asked one with the receiving core and the running back core the way it was last year, with the additions of free agency and the draft, um, which um, core are you exciting more about seeing this year, fellow oh, listeners? Until the next time. Thanks, PC.
5: Scott. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's hard not to say the defensive line and their core and, and their depth and what we've just been talking about here. But BLG, you got uh, something else that sticks out? No, it has to be the defensive line for me. I think this unit's going to be really
7: good. I think they're going to eat. You know, I've been saying that. I think, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. you know, Fletcher Cox – is gonna make a tackle for loss on Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, and he's just gonna start like he's gonna have to wait Zeke's, four games. Like that oh, thing it's where he's like beating me, and I, I just think it's gonna he's be. Gonna be... I, I it's gonna he's be... Gonna have to wait.
6: That was a good line <laughs> right yeah, there. Yeah. And to, kid, that wasn't on it oh, at yeah. first. Yeah, that was true. <laughs> well, I mean, it's
7: not like they play each other early anyway. But no, still, but that was good. Yeah. That but was you good. have Jernigan in here now, who I think is going to be really good. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett's looking good. Uh, Chris Long is, I think, he's a nice rotational guy to have. I just think this defensive line could actually be really good, and I think you know as far as um, even the offensive line we're talking about, I would talk to Isaac Somalo this week and he was like, yeah, I think this could be the best defensive. Well, he said the best offensive line in the NFL, but he also said, I think, you know, our defensive line is also one of the best units in the league. So even players on the team see it as well.
6: Yeah. And, and I mean, look, I think just the concept that they're building through the trenches again is, is exciting. You know, we've, I uh, had that discussion a lot with Chip and the drafting one offensive lineman the entire time he was here and all that type of stuff. Um, but, but to your point about uh, the defensive line that uh, I don't know if anyone saw it, but the, on the com, Robert Mays wrote a, a piece about the defensive line and uh, really good football mind. Uh, used to be a lineman, so really knows the trench as well. Um, and he's more bullish about the Eagles' defensive wow. line than anyone I've seen. And this is a Bears fan, for what it's worth. He implied in the article that if this defensive line lives up to their potential, this could be the best defense in football. Man. He thinks that's how good in this system this defensive line can be, which I, you know is a is a stretch in my mind. But I mean, John, you know it's exciting to hear that type of stuff. Yeah, and just like when I, I, I'm still
5: kind of wavering just a tiny bit. On our, on our good friend, Timmy Jernigan there. Uh, but um, he makes it hard not to buy in. Yep. Let me just say yep. that much. Yep. So when you're standing in front of him and he's got these gold teeth oh, and yeah. he's ready to rock and roll. And he's just like, man, I love this defense because I just sit here and it's probably the best fit for me. And it's just all about attack, 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 attack. And that's just me. And I go, man, it's hard to look at you in <laughs> your size and not believe you and buy into that. So, I, you know, I don't know if that's. I don't know the best defense in football is like wow it's, yeah that's that's extremely it's bullish and extremely aggressive and I I still think that there are a lot of different parts to make that untrue me too but hey <laughs> I'm not gonna stop you from writing the articles that makes me feel a little better but um yeah it's really not it's it's really hard not to love this uh this, this kind of uh, defensive line core that's going through here let's go to Ron and Lehigh Ron what's going on buddy how are you
1: hey Man, I'm, I'm so honored to follow my uh, brother caller, Scott, on the radio, and I want to give a shout back to him before my Eagles point that may God's angels protect him in safety.
11: Absolutely. He well, always, look
1: at that. Always, How about that? Beautiful, He always Ron. regards everybody for safety.
6: Who, That's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so He's a so very safe, a safe guy, Ron. Well, <clears throat> here's the point, and I, I, I talked to Ike about this uh, yesterday, and he named somebody, and it's all about – Who's going to be the newest eagle that makes the team for the first time this year, the newest eagle on the team that's going to have high energy and be a difference maker? And I asked Ike yesterday, and uh, Glenn and Ray were hitting about this, and I think this is going to be on Johnny's list, but it's like a conclusion. It's going to be Donnell Pumphrey.
5: Oh yeah, that's it. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying <laughs> to John. Going. I was trying
6: to like make a uh, short like thing because yeah. I knew you were going Donald Bumper there.
5: Yeah, it's interesting how they've kind of just made him the instant slot receiver on this on this on the couple of like the group installs Bang. that we've seen so far. Uh, yeah, I mean he, uh, you know, it's crazy to think about like oh here's this you know fifth round pick that's going to have a high impact and catch a bunch of balls, yeah, but who's super tiny no less. Honestly, if they're you know if you have. And this is the scenario that it keeps running through my head. If you're in shotgun and there's Darren Sproles to Wentz's right, Ooh. there's Donnell Pumphrey to his left, and all of a sudden there goes Pumphrey. He's in the slot. Then there's Darren Sproles coming out of the backfield. You're going to forget about somebody. So, yeah, I think, I think for Donnell Pumphrey to be a playmaker right away would completely change the offense almost instantaneously.
1: I hear
5: by Dub, Don L. Pumphrey, Mighty Mouse 2.0. <laughs> Mighty Mouse does it again. And, Ron, that was a terrible, my terrible Mary right. Reese impression. It was right. it was uh, at least you
6: didn't do a Mark McMillan impression, which I thought you might be going for there. Mark McMillan? what's a, it the original Mighty Mouse. Oh, wow. Look Remember? at you. Remember? Five, seven. Oh, yeah. Cornerback i the, to know that. Well, that's what, Mighty Mouse 2. Mighty Mouse 1 was... Mark McMillan back in the like 90s, early 90s, I'm not late 50 80s. Years old, <laughs> all right. All right, guys. An age joke. Very original. <laughs> Very Thanks. Very
5: appropriate. Yeah. But, uh, I, you'll, BLG, let's talk about that, man. Cause I, I think that, first of all, I still think he's underrated as a runner. I don't think he's just this scat back guy. And because they, they literally didn't use him that way in college. Not that he couldn't. It's just, I think we're the easiest way to fold him into the game plan is something like that. But, um, I, I don't know. What are we talking about? in In terms of overall touches, do you expect for Donnell Pumphrey this year? I'm kind of
7: keeping expectations low, just because the Eagles still have three other running backs that I don't think they're just, you know, they're not going to not use Blunt, and they're not going to use, I mean, Darren Sproles is still here, but he's still going to be in his role. uh, You know, and then Smallwood can can catch too, so he, he should get some playing time, I would think, and And then you have Jordan Matthews, and then you have Nelson Aguilar maybe getting some reps in the slot, and you have Trey Burton getting reps in the slot, and then you have Zach Ertz getting reps in the slot. So there's so many targets on this offense that I don't think he's going to have like this major dominant role. I think he's just going to be some kind of nice role player. We talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Uh, about how I think, you know, it's, it gets overblown. The the short passing game is the running game, but I think it's true with, in his case because I think he might not have these big plays all the time, but he's going to be that consistent, reliable guy that you can just throw that swing pass that Chip Kelly loved to throw. Uh, on on <laughs> how on, dare on, he? <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's going to be that kind of guy.
5: Yeah, I. Uh, that's going to be so funny when people start stop throwing the swing pass to Pumphrey in like week six. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't work anymore. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's really exciting to see some of these guys and we haven't even gotten to future hall of famer Mac Collins yet. So, <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh yeah, a training camp's been going, uh, really well so far. We'll, uh, keep talking about it. Plus your expectations of, uh, some of the guys that you want to see and just kind of check them off the, the list here and make sure like, yeah, that guy guaranteed to be very good this year. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
4: This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, so I got a question.
5: Uh, when we're talking about the defensive line, it's always about, you know, uh, the obvious names. It's Fletcher Cox, it's Timmy Jernigan, Brandon Graham. Talk about Chris Long. Talk about all the different pieces that they. Have. How come Derek Barnett's name is never brought up? What is going on? What's this? I, I can someone explain to me why no one is excited about the Eagles' first-round pick? It is the last thing on the totem pole that people bring up at all when they're when we're talking about. Wow, this could be a really uh, dominant defensive line, and this could be a lot of that, and everyone else is mentioned. And Derek Barnett is not. What is going on, BLG? Well, first
7: of all, in their defense, they're not at practice.
5: You know, So they're not getting to see. But it doesn't matter. No, they should still I, be brought I, up. No,
7: I think if they were there, they would be a little more excited about Derek Barnett Ooh, because you're looking like at that. this guy in practice and going up against Lane Johnson and winning sometimes and even going up against Jason Peters. And now, look, Jason Peters got the best of that, obviously. And Jim Schwartz even pointed that out. But he did talk about, like, you know. They went off against each other in four reps and Derek Barnett got one. And Jim Schwartz really likes to see that one because, you know, Jason Peters is a Hall of Fame player. So you get that one. That's like, wow, we you know, that's still still pretty nice. And this guy uh is doing really nice things in practice. I want to see how it is when the pads go on. I think part of the the lack of the buzz is he's not gonna be like a full time starter. You still have Vinnie Curry in here. And even if even if Derek Barnett wins the starting job, which I think is possible. It's still a rotation. So he's not going to be like this full time player. I think that's part of it.
6: I think another part of it is A, obviously not the quote unquote like sexiest pick. Like if, sure, if Christian McCaffrey were here, like people would be talking about it a little more. But I also think part of it is that the failures of of draft picks of late. I think it's hard to get really excited Marcus. about a guy. Yeah, I'm perfect. Can, you know,
5: we're almost an hour to show. you have to say imagine, goodbye to him, which is perfect
6: because I don't even care. I just I'm happy I don't have to see the guy anymore. But I do think that that maybe there's just a little bit of like, all right, I'm not gonna get super excited about this guy, especially as a rookie, especially in that first year because. We've seen so much failure, and then especially in those rookie seasons, is is at least I think a part of it.
5: Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up too because uh, Vinny was actually talking. About, somebody asked him this week. He's like, well, what is it like being, you know, when you're when you when they bring these guys in here when they get drafted uh, above you?" And he's like, "Well, Marcus was a guy, and I'm still here. It's he's, <laughs> he's like, it's not like it hasn't happened before. You know, he's oh, just kind of going through all the all the and 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 it's right. It's just. But uh, I think it's just if you believe that Joe Douglas put his hands on this thing mm-hmm. and a lot of it, and listen, it's not nothing, even though they don't have pads on, and you really can't make out a ton between what's going on in the trenches. If you beat Jason Peters once, your bar in your floor is pretty high. It's not like you're getting your butt kicked. There's a such a difference between this guy and everybody else that we've seen come in through here that's been selected. I know it's like... There's a, what? There's only four to go from from like first round DNs that have been selected here, but he belongs here. This scheme works for him, and I don't care if he's only there on second down. He's going to win a lot of battles, especially if they put him against a lot of the right tackles in this league. I think Derek Barnett is being schlepped on a lot, and, and that needs to stop.
6: <laughs> well, here. How about this? Is it maybe possible that it, it could be a good thing that we're not getting overexcited? And then, he, <laughs> seriously, no. And then he comes out, and he is as good as we expect him to be in this room that we talk about, and we've seen the moves and all that type of stuff. Is it possible that maybe a little less hype and a little less pressure, he comes out, does really sure. well? You know what I mean? And in theory, it could be good in the long run. All right, let's go to Dan in down. Dan, what's going on, man? Good to hear from you. How y'all doing today? Good, what's man. Up, Danny.
10: Hey, man, every week I call your show, right? And I have an idea. And as soon as I, I get put on hold, you mentioned what I was going to say. I, I think <laughs> gonna, uh, you're stealing my ideas here, man. But anyway, listen. The most important thing that a lot of people overlook, and I heard you mention it earlier, that's why I, I said that, is the trenches. Football games are one. I, I, I'm i a former defensive end um, for, for Reading High School. I play Big 33 football. Like, I've been around. You know what I mean? And football games are one with the offensive and defensive line, and I think we made some critical, critical um, um, upgrades to both of them. And barring Lane Johnson being a dum-dum this year, I, I really see us winning at the, the NFC East. Aside from all the offense, and LeGarrette Blount is an absolute monster. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care how old this man is. I've seen him drag five, six players last year in, um, against uh, New England in, in, in the playoffs. Like, this, this, this kid's a monster. He's a beast. And I think he's a big upgrade. I'm, I, I don't. I think if we limit his workload, he would be super productive for this team. And I'm excited, man. I got the Eagles winning the NFC East this year and maybe one round in the playoffs. Maybe not. But I, I definitely got them winning the East this year. And I'm excited. And um, Timmy Jernigan's another one who's a monster. Let him sleep on Barnett. That could be our secret weapon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but Timmy Jernigan's a monster. You, you can't double-team Fletch. Well, you get, yeah, you get you and can't. Yeah, you, you just can't, can't double team all of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to create these uh, uh, offensive and defense. They're going to create uh, mismatches all over the place. But, no, no, you're absolutely nice right. Dan.
5: absolutely, we appreciate the call. button. and here's the thing about a lot of that, and I know that people get a little, you know, they're like oh, playoff talk. Like, come on, it's nobody's gotten into that mode yet. We haven't even seen a preseason game. And then this is what we discussed about on on the podcast. You can't have a you, you don't have to feel like they're going to make the playoffs, but the team is telling you right now that they're a playoff team. So you should even if you don't believe in it, you should expect it. And if we, and if they don't hit that mark, well then we got to have a larger conversation about what went wrong because if you have all this talent, everybody's kind of scoffing away as like we're not even close to a rebuilding team. Then you should be expecting the playoffs and they should win the East.
6: Yeah. Look, if they set the expectations, what else are you supposed to do? But listen to them. And obviously it's not, you know, a team like the Browns coming out and saying, oh, we're competing for the playoffs. Like there's a team that has pieces, you know, granted was seven and nine last year, but a lot of closed games we've talked about a lot. It's not at all crazy to expect playoffs. I think the one thing just to what Dan mentioned, the trenches on both sides that we haven't Mentioned we mentioned on the podcast this week on BGN underscore radio on Twitter. Um, is not just the the talent that we have on the the lines now, but but the immense amount of depth on both sides. We talked a little bit about the defensive line, all the guys you can rotate in, but offensive line as well. It's like, you know, to, to be able to have that type of those positions where you lose guys every single year, um, I think that depth is is really underrated and incredibly important.
5: Absolutely. And uh, I want to go quickly to David because he might have an answer for us and why people are getting uh, pumped up about Barnett? What's going on, David? What's up? the The
2: reason people aren't really all that excited about Barnett is is twofold. One, Marcus Smith and Nelson Aguilar have both extremely been disappointed at his first round picks. And if you really look over the last twenty years, go back and look at the draft selections at defensive end for the Eagles. Brandon Graham is probably the best of the bunch, and it took him several years to develop. It's
11: definitely into- the best
2: a quality guy, but that tells you something because you got McDougal in there and not even just their draft picks. If you look at the amount of money that they spent on free agents trying to fix that position, and they, Trent Cole was the best. Mm-hmm. He's the whole ground pick. I mean, I'll, I'll take t- you know two Trent Coles over two Brandon Grahams because at least Trent Cole got the sacks. Brandon Graham's still trying to get there. Yeah, that, well, that, I don't. That, th- that,
11: it
5: is. Right, I don't, I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's trying to get there anymore. But it's just there. I, I, I guess. But then, why are we getting so excited over a, a fourth round wide receiver and a fifth round running back? Mm-hmm. And only, you know, it's just it's crazy to me because, like, I, and I think there's a point that Brandon's making and David. We appreciate the call. We're just up against the break here. I, I it, when when you see this guy in pads, come back to me, and then and then start wondering and questioning if this guy's going to have an NFL future or not or whatever. I don't think. It looks like Brandon Graham. It doesn't look like McDougal. doesn't look like any of that. This guy is ready to rumble, and I can't wait to see him on the field. More BGN Radio coming back. And your calls at 888-729-9494 right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
4: 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well,
5: we've been talking about, you know, who we can just – Absolutely guaranteed to pro- you know have good seasons here. Just with a few days into training camp, um, I tell you, it's not going to be. <laughs> uh, that's Patrick Robinson. Holy hell in a handbasket! This is what makes me so nervous and everybody else nervous about this football team. I think the secondary is constantly brought up, almost to the point where it's at nauseam. I mean, You're just kind of like, okay, it's not going to be the worst thing we've ever seen on on the planet Earth here. But if Patrick Robinson starts Week One. It's going to be a nightmare. Like, you can already p- put the L on Washington right now. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> I, and, and I'm not – and I'm, it's, I know it's so early. and It's, it's just – but you're getting – I mean, without pads and without anything, you're getting beat by David Watford on Oof. seven on sevens. You're getting Oof. beat by practice squad guys just all over the place. I think his best spot is in the nickel. And that's why I just keep coming back to, like, they have to do something with the secondary. They have to make a trade. They have to – Go out and grab somebody. Obviously, it's not going to be Darrell Revis, and thank God. But they have to do something to shore up. They, They need another starter to play on uh, uh, either with Jalen Mills or whoever it's been until Razul Douglas is ready, or maybe he's ready to go week one, but they need another corner in here.
6: Yeah, John, I agree. I mean, Patrick Robinson, I wasn't excited when they signed him. I have not seen anything since he's been here to get me excited. I am still not excited about it. And, you know, th- look, the names out there are not necessarily um, inspiring. You know, we got a lot of like Leon Halls and Brandon yeah. Flowers, and a lot of these guys who are, who are well past their Although, prime.
5: Brandon Flowers for the rap game. That's okay. Buddy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, oh yeah.
6: man. He's like Dame Lillard, but a football player. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, but I do think John, I think, you know, just in terms of, even if it's someone who can come in and really show Rasul Douglas how to play the position well in the NFL level, I, uh, I think you need some sort of presence in here. And like, it, it's just funny. Cause you mentioned that it's like the, oh, it's not the worst thing we're ever seeing. And I don't think it will be, but only because we've seen Bradley Fletcher and Kerry Williams play here. It's like, it really, the, the consistency of, 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 awfulness at the cornerback position Brandon in this city has really been something almost impressive in an awful way for for five years now
7: they haven't had any continuity there and forever it feels like you know no no, no they never returned the same starters for a long time except for like the year they brought Bradley Fletcher and Kerry Williams back which is just one year <laughs> yeah. and that was not too pretty um, so it's just a really it's a really weak position and when you're talking about additions and you're looking at free agency, like I don't know what any of those guys bring you that is much more than Patrick Robinson. To me, like those it's just kind of the same. They maybe they're like slightly better, but it's like, you know, you're splitting hairs at that point. I think I think Kyle Fuller has to be the move or some or some kind of trade because I just don't know what those veteran guys bring you. Kyle Fuller, if you bring him like here's the thing. Like we, we're all thinking the Eagles can compete for the East this year, but they're not in a spot, you know, where you're trading or some kind of stopgap guy or bring in some kind of guy you know to to be that kind of uh, situation there you kind of want to some kind of long-term piece and and Kyle Fuller would kind of represent that too. He might not be that long-term answer, but he would have at least an opportunity to be in the mix. He's still only 23 or 25 somewhere around there I believe so uh, I would love to get him. I don't know if there's any other corners out there that make sense. Uh, that are like you know on the trade block, but right now, but I think he's the guy. Just go and get him.
6: Yeah, especially with the fuller point. Not just is he someone who could be here for the future, but he's someone who can help now. It's like kind of really yeah. John satisfying both of the issues that we have here, and then eventually, you know, because he could be part of a of a you know I don't know about Jalen Mills, Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones type of group in the future, but he could also really step in and be the number one guy right now.
5: Yeah, and it's I, I still think it's important to for even even if they're going to struggle and even if Razul Douglas is going to struggle, like he still needs to be out there to take his lumps, I think I'll always be on that side of the argument. Sure. There are players that have been ruined because they weren't ready or whatever, but um, it doesn't look like that. You know, I mean, you can see where he's going to make mistakes going up against even just Tori or Alshon and, and, and a lot of the different guys that are in here that have been around for a while, but he still has. And I'm, and again, that's one of the things where I think when the pads come on, it's going to – it'll it'll yes. shore up the difference between yeah. a lot of stuff because a lot of his game is is physical. getting physical, you know? I mean, it's, he's not the speediest guy in the world. It, it doesn't really matter because he still uses the sidelines to his advantage. I still – I love his confidence. I, I mean, he's out there with the rookies, like, basically telling them where all to go. He goes, that was me. I'm supposed to cross over That's here. Great. Has a really good relationship with Corey Unlin, it looks like, already. They know where they're supposed to be at at all times. I'm, I'm, I'm still excited to see Razul, but – yeah, they need, a, I mean, they, they need somebody <laughs> with them. And I wonder, this is the thing I, I always start thinking about, too, is at what point during the season, if it goes bad, do everybody just pile on, this is why you don't take a, a wasted pick in the second round that oh, doesn't God. play for this year? Have all this different thing with Sidney Jones and blah, blah, blah. I, I feel like that might be coming if the Eagles go south. Or, like, that's the main priority or the main hole that ends up happening this season. Let's go to our good friend at Not My Real Emails, John in Portland. Yes. What's going on, buddy? How are you? How are, how are the beers with James Seltzer, I should
6: ask? <laughs>
8: hey, they were great. I really appreciated him taking a little time away. And
6: oh, it was my pleasure, Johnny.
8: Lending him to me for a bit.
6: <laughs> oh she uh, was she was more than happy to do it yeah she it actually so well.
5: she always wants him away
6: yeah so she
8: actually wanted stuff. me I to guess, thank
6: yeah. you for taking me away from her so <laughs> thank you
8: all right well hey i uh I was sitting down and looking over the two lines, and I'm amazed at the depth by them, but also just the overall talent of the offense and defensive line because I'm a firm believer you know iron sharpens iron. And you know, I would so much rather have elite players like tackles for Derek Barnett to have to go against.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
8: So so it's just you know, it'll almost be like a like a relief when he gets to <laughs> get yeah. to a game. Yeah. Oh thank no, god I now I get to by JP anymore.
5: Now I get to go up <laughs> by... <laughs> now I get to go up against Eric Flowers. Oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah. Correct. yeah. Yeah. No, I, exactly. I, John, I agree. I think that's um, and getting him in there early and doing all that is you can, you can argue a lot of things about like, all right, if the receivers are having a really good day, it might not mean anything because look, look, who they're going up against, but everybody from locally outside go, yeah, that's the best tandem in football to go up against. And it's really hard to do. So if Derek Barnett is winning some of those battles and it's an even 50, 50 trade off, Woo! boy, Woo-hoo! it's going to be a lot of fun in this <laughs> NFC East.
8: Oh yeah, and even you know, looking at having a guy like Alshon here, yeah, he's expensive. But how much better is Razul Douglas going to be, because he's not you know yeah. trying to lock down Aguilar last summer or something. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's got a legit yeah. guy. He's got a guard and and hone his skills on. So I think you know, I think across the board, you know the the competitiveness that they're going to have in camp versus previous years, just from weak positions, is going to really help this team. Oh, absolutely. Um, and my question for you guys: what you're looking back over the last 20, 30 years, is there any better combination of offense and defensive line? that the Eagles have fielded Ooh. going
5: into a season. Oh man, that's a pretty good question. John, we appreciate it's a the great call question. and also your patronage at BGN Radio for bonus content of all the stuff that we're doing as I threw my penis at <laughs> it just went right out no here. Uh, well, I, I
6: don't think it was purposeful. Yeah. You are just playing with it and yeah. it popped out. As far as
5: like I don't think other than you would have to go back to 90 91 92 yeah, if you're looking D-line for a defensive man. line. I you know, I don't think it I don't think it's like that, but it's
6: kind of like that.
5: Yeah. Uh, you don't have and, the
6: the highest of, you know, Reggie White is really all in. But if <laughs> he's going by
5: like at the same time, like I don't even know if Andy's runs with Jim Johnson, they didn't have a spectacular defensive line. They had good good guys that were grinders who could get in there and sure like yeah. you know, Javon and all those guys were 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 useful, it's a great just, point. but they I don't remember like a dominant defensive line and a dominant offensive line being there at the same time, which could happen here and I'm not saying that it's going to happen but so far so good in terms of papers like yeah man I mean it's it looks pretty
7: good here BLG. I think they'll really play off each other too like maybe they don't have that one Hall of Fame guy but I think they have a bunch of guys who can easily contribute each week there's no like weak point of that line at least to me I don't see one you know where last year was clearly Connor Barwin can't rush the passer like efficiently like he's not getting home he's going up against these left tackles And it's almost like a free play for them because it's like, all right, you know, what's he going to do? Try to get by me? Nope. Stop. All right. You're done. And with Benny Logan, who I love, but like, you know, he's not pushed in the pocket a whole lot. So uh, those were weaknesses in the defensive line for as much as we expected the defensive line to be a strength of the team last year. And they obviously they did have good players there. I'm not saying Barwin and Benny are just totally bad players, but they're not the kind of players they have now. And going back to the Derek Barnett thing, even from earlier, I think another reason to be excited about him is he's not being asked like to be the only pass rusher on this mm-hmm. team? Like, you have Jernigan on the inside, and Cox and Graham, and those guys are going to draw attention. So who are they not going to give that extra attention to? Derek Barnett, because he's a rookie, and they're going to underestimate him probably. And I think he could take advantage of that.
6: Yeah, especially a rookie who's so far advanced in terms of his his moves and actual you know hand placement and all that type of stuff, and the way he uses his body. I totally agree. And. Uh, along those lines, I love John's point about the competitiveness in practice. I think that's re- we never really talk about that. I think that's an interesting thing, and you could flip it around to, to Ike Samalo having to go up against Cox and Jernigan, and you oh, know yeah. you could see a lot of that in there, where a lot of the guys who need those reps against really good players are going to get those reps against really good players, and I think that that's an important thing. Um, as to his question, I like I, I remember the last time we had a really great offensive line was the first year with Chip. That line was terrific. I don't yeah. think this O line is is. Quite that good I think it's deeper uh, but the defensive line certainly much better now I, I, it's a great question like you could say that 90 because the D-line was so amazing yeah. that, that you would take that D-line and that O-line but it's a, it's a great question I don't know it's been a long time since we had this much depth and talent in the trenches
5: Yeah, on both sides which um, we haven't mentioned yet and not that it was like a, a huge deal or a major story but still an interesting point in terms of depth Alan Barber they just said hey we're going to cut you Ooh, actually Denver wants you they get a seventh rounder for him and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Alan Barber was a world beater either, but he went from like being terrible to being good last year, filling in and starting and doing yeah, a whole bunch of other things. But, starting
6: multiple positions along the line. No yeah, that's right. I mean,
5: and that's just credit to like, you know, it's the first time of me seeing Jeff Stoutland live and in person and what he does with those guys and like he just every single day that they warm up against the sled against the pads and guys holding up, there's a I need the juice. And, and and it just like you just it is like a, it, they take their forearms and they just shove like right into the pad. And I asked uh, who was it uh, that was the oh, Barrett. Barrett, Barrett Brooks down there. I'm like, dude, I was like, why do they do that? What's the what is the point of trying to punch that thing? He goes, well, he's like a lot of that is their It's their first step when they go out there. And if they have enough leverage, especially on double teams, you want it. You want to if you're down and you get that forearm right in somebody's gut or wherever. They're done. That's yeah. it. You've won the play. Even if you stand them up, it's over. And, like, the thuds that come from Isaac Sayomalu scare me. Like, I, yeah, I- I'm, I'm like, I- oh, my God, that guy's just a madman, you know, going going through this. So you're right. I mean, like, in, in terms of terms of a lot of that, it could be all the all the problems and all the situations we've gone through this offseason with, like, oh, you know, with the running backs. And it might not matter because it's like, oh, here you go. Here's here's this guy. The offensive line is is good enough to just blow anybody up and get four yards at a time.
6: Yeah, and it's funny too because the one name that we other we've only mentioned in like it, kind of would he make the team? I, we I think we will he will make the team. But the Chance Warmack thing and and he has not been a good pro. But this guy was drafted tenth overall in the NFL draft as a guard. Like that is and so, backing up so no, rare yeah. to happen. And now he is with the guy who put him in position. To be that 10th pick at Alabama. Stoutland was the guy who made Chance Warmack. And look, who knows? He hasn't been a great pro. But if there is anyone who can, uh, you know, reclimate a guy who was, again, the 10th pick in the draft as a guard, it's Jeff Stoutland. So I think if, if nothing else, that's a really interesting flyer to take here, too.
5: Yeah, absolutely, BLG. And that's why it's I I, I think that's why they were confident also in just being like, yeah, we could Warmack can back him up and we'll have depth there. Doug Peterson specifically mentioned Dylan Gordon,
7: who's lining up as the second team left tackle, and who the Eagles kept on the 53-man roster last year, didn't really play him at all, but kind of, they liked him enough to say, hey, we don't want to put this guy in the practice squad, we want to make sure this guy, we have him going into next offseason and then the future, and, you know, maybe not being exactly Jason Peters, who's a Hall of Famer, but at least falling in the footsteps of that kind of Dylan Gordon being an undrafted tight end just mm-hmm. like Jason Peters was and and having that athleticism and trying to take that and harness it and then coaching him up into even if he's a serviceable backup at, at tackle that's fine yeah um so and him and he also mentioned I think he also mentioned uh, Wormack I believe and uh to have him there uh that's big too and I talked to some Titans writers after the Eagles signed Chance Wormack and or even before, I, I'd written. I'd look at stu- some of the stuff they had written. Once uh, they, it was apparent that the team wasn't going to resign him, and they basically said he was clearly a bust. But I think part of the the bust label kind of overshadowed how he played. They were like, you know, he wasn't like totally terrible. There's there was bad tape, but it's like he wasn't just like a total waste it's just part of the perception that you know he was this 10th overall pick and he didn't live up to it so that kind of just didn't work out for him
5: and i think that through uh, a bunch of just former players that we've been fortunate enough to talk to and some of the guys that have been around the offensive line like you can make arguments about quarterback and yeah the, the you know they didn't have the right secondary coach if you don't have a great offensive line coach your career is screwed and that's it if it's is trying to force you into a different scheme as far as that relationship goes it is the most important one And if Stetland can – I mean, again, I want to say this again. He got something out of Alan Barber. Yeah. He He made him something like – you know, it's just like so if he can get back to the guy that he was – of why he was a top 10 overall pick – and he doesn't have to be the guy right away. That's a great step.
6: And I think that, that we don't give him enough credit for Big V last year. I mean, we saw Big V in that first game literally die at the hands of Ryan Kerrigan. <laughs> and and at, like Stoutland got him into being a, a serviceable NFL tackle in yep. the short time he had. I mean, that is really impressive, and we don't talk about it enough.
5: Let's go to Tony in uh, Center City. Tony, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey,
12: how's it going, gentlemen?
5: Good.
8: Nope.
12: So- all right, my man James Seltzer, this is Tony Bennett. How you doing? Tony Bennett! <laughs> the
6: yeah. other Tony
12: Bennett! What's up, man? Uh, my man, how I'm are seeing. you? Good, thanks Everything for calling in, brother. okay. I can't get you done a week, brother, so I had to call you on well, a weekend. we
6: appreciate it, man.
12: Definitely my pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk to both of you. Um, I wanted to make a comment. I was going to make a Sixers, but your producer said I couldn't. So I'm going to do well, it. Well, you can, we, yeah, we we can, can throw a little bit in there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to, I didn't want to be off the um topic, but um, I, I was thinking about the starting lineup. I think they're making a mistake sending Jonah Bolden down to Serbia. They should have. I mean, he's better than Nick Stalkis. It's a, um, those guys (laughs) don't impress me. You can't find a roster spot for Jonah Bolden. He's a beast. So, you know. (laughs)
6: Yeah, no, I'm mean, I, 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 I I'm with you, man. We love Jonah Bolden. All three of us, I think, are big Jonah Bolden fans. I think it's more of a roster construction issue, John. I mean, would you agree with that? I think it's more that they could still, like, Jonah Bolden is still a, a part of the Sixers' future. It's just, yeah. I think it's just buying him out, all that stuff, it makes more yeah, sense.
5: The, I think the buying out in the I think they made some promises to where he's at now, at least okay. for, from my understanding, as far as, like, you know, it's not the guarantee. I think it was something so really complicated buy out. Right, $700,000 so or something like that.
12: Yep. So he can come back over in one year. Yeah.
5: I think it's e- yeah, yeah, easier to do that after next year, yeah, yeah, for sure.
12: Okay. Well well my lineup is um you gotta you gotta have um the kids in there. You gotta have, you know, Ben Simmons, you gotta have Fault, um Reddick. So I'll go with three guards and then you get in B, and that fifth guy is the tricky part. I think they're gonna put Covenants in, in there, but you know, they could have put Bolton in there. I like this guy, Alex um Portris. he's a beast.
5: Yeah, I think that's... Uh, thanks for calling, appreciate, Tone. We yeah, appreciate thanks for it, brother. the time, Tone. Uh, that's. Um, I don't think that's ever going to change. I think that's going to be your starting lineup pretty much every night is with mm-hmm. uh, Cove and young kids and all that stuff that's going through there. We're just excited about the Sixers as we are the Eagles. And, and I mean, you know, Which is crazy me, to we, say. And we've been yelled <laughs> at many times for being off topic and we don't care because that's how much <laughs> we love the Sixers in this town as well. But uh, uh, yeah, let's go to our good friend David if, if he washed his... Uh, you know, mouth out with soap last time. You were very naughty last yeah, time. Yeah, a little slit last time. You're getting, you're getting time, fired Dave. up. What's going on, pal?
3: See, I should never call you guys after I talk to a Dallas Cowboy. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, brother? There's two things. Two things. Um, one, you you guys have a really good following out here, and uh, I'm telling you, every time you guys get on the air and every time you guys talk about the Eagles, all these Cowboy fans get really, really Nervous, And I think they're all shaking in their boots, knowing good and full well with the potential for Carson Wentz to do something with nothing at 7-9 and nine with that trash they call a receiving quarterback there. <laughs> now he's got some weapons, and now he's got some options. And I think, you know, all the pundits, you, you're all Dallas fans out here, ESPN and, and Skip Bayless and the rest of those nerds, I mean, all <laughs> of them are nervous <laughs> about the potential of what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Now, whether it comes to fruition or not, you know, is, is something to be seen. But right now, they are nervous. They know the arrow is pointing up, way up for Carson Wentz. He's got a backing. He's got coaches that believe in him. And now he's going to have a young team to grow with, at least for the next four or five uh, seasons. I'm telling you, everything is looking up. Well, now, and David, I I, know, guys,
5: Well, real quick, David, because I was telling these guys before we came on the air, there are so many people that are tripling and quadrupling down and constantly, consistently will make the Wentz jokes from their freaking draft scouting and what they did. And like, just, uh, and, and honestly, most of them are going into DAC tape now. And they're just like, Oh, <laughs> look how good he climbs the pocket. And you look at, <laughs> you look at the GIF or the video that they're coming out. It's like, yes, that is a natural progress. Of course, every Ooh, quarterback has to do. Look how he avoids the pressure. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is standing them up for three and a half seconds. And then he clears you the pressure. Oh yeah. Wow. That's amazing <laughs> that that's happening there. So I'm allowing them, just to kind of do all that, I've saved them on a spreadsheet. I'm ready to rock and roll as soon as uh, it is an appropriate time. It's, it's good. We're going to have our own little mini retweet Armageddon going on.
3: Yeah, and and, and deservedly so. But what <laughs> I want to ask you guys, uh, uh, the Eagle special teams for the last season, last couple of seasons have been very, very consistent and very good. It's going to be even better this year. we got a lot of return options. So who do you guys think going to be returning kicks and uh, kickoffs and punts uh, this year outside of uh, Darren Sproles. I think Smallwood should get a, a couple reps in there. I know Torrey Smith has returned kicks mm-hmm. in the past, and Nelson Aguilar is my dark horse choice for uh, for punts and kickoffs. I think if he's going to find a niche, that could surprise a lot of people. It could be in the special teams. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't go awry and continues to catch the ball, and I think in our heart of hearts, we want this guy to succeed. He's been so. frustrating to watch. We want this guy to succeed somewhere on this squad to justify his number one. Absolutely. uh, David, I apologize,
5: man. We're just up against the break, but you are 100% correct on that. Uh, We'll touch on that and uh, we'll get a little more Eagle stock as training camp is going to start right at 310 for practice today and we'll get into a lot more right here on BGN Radio.
4: This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So uh,
5: the notorious BLG Brandon Lee Goulton, is going to be his last segment because he's got he's to roll on down to camp. Tell us what's going on down there. Uh, and before you went, I actually wanted to get a lot of your just impressions from this first week overall. And one of the things that I think both you and I noticed is Torrey Smith. And I think that he gets pigeonholed into running a bunch of nine rounds and he's just a deep threat. And listen, not to take that away, that's one of his best skills that's going on there, but he's... It's a little more versatile, I think, than uh, people are giving him credit for.
7: Absolutely, John. Especially yesterday and, and fr- Friday's practice, he really stood out as a guy who made some tough catches in traffic, contested, looks good running after the catch, too. That's obviously, you know, he has speed. So that was a real encouraging sign. And that wasn't even just like one good practice. I think going back to spring, he's been really solid overall. I think a lot of people kind of had low expectations of Torrey Smith. The Eagles only gave him... 500 guaranteed some people have been saying and I don't think it's been said as much recently but they, they've been saying wow Torrey Smith might not even make this team and I don't think I mean he's a pretty much a lock and I I think uh to have him in here as a guy who can even if he's not this superstar guy you know he's nothing close to Alshon who is obviously just a beast and like Man. a really really t- potentially top wide receiver uh Torrey Smith's just a solid number two but that's that's such a massive upgrade. Over what the Eagles had last year,
5: and I just have to say, real quick, uh, fantasy writers and James are probably talking to you too. Uh, the ADP on Alshon Jeffries thirty one thirty four overall, it's ridiculously low. So grab him, grab him, uh, and and wait, and whatever you want to do. I notice there's a big trend of people going. I'm not even going to touch him. Great, let let them keep printing that because. Dear Lord, are they gonna be wrong?
6: Yeah, it's a great point, especially with the, you know, the top receivers at the position. He's not even being mentioned among them. And I think Crazy. that is outrageous. But uh, you know, but he was up there with Jay Cutler, all right? Um <laughs> But uh to to Brandon's point there about about Torrey Smith, two more quick little things, just if you want reason for optimism. First and foremost, uh he was about in as bad a position for the type of player he is. As he could have possibly been the last couple of years. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, like you know, he's a talented guy, but he is not the right quarterback for Torrey Smith and the system itself. Well, not neither right. were, neither was <laughs> a plumber and Chip Kelly back to back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just a bad, bad spot. And So, uh, in that vein, I think Torrey Smith, and from everything we've heard and everything it seems, it really does feel like he wants to show people that he can still play football. And, and I'm always a fan of someone who's got something to prove,
5: you know? Yeah, and he's he kind of made that point too, like uh, even during OTAs when he came in. And you see, like, hey, you know, uh, you look at Matt Collins, and he runs really fast. He's a big, tall receiver, so now he's a deep threat. And that's where you get categorized as. And it's just, he goes, it's not how my career has ever been. It's just like, I'm not going out there running a bunch of nine routes. And he's he's showing that in training camp. And I just think it's not like he's, like you said, BLG. He's not doing something overall impressive. Like, wow, look at that catch. And, oh, my God, he's going to be such a playmaker. It's just Somebody that is going to be, and I can't believe I'm saying this, going to be reliable for <laughs> Carson Wentz to just throw the damn ball to, you know. And, and and again, the bar was so low here that when you look at it, and it's it doesn't have a Ruben Randall feel. It doesn't have a, uh, you know, Chris a Gibson Gibbons. feel. And, Off and, and, the field too, factoring that absolutely. in, like Tori
7: just way, terrific. Yeah, yeah, way. And like that was one of the things with Ruben Randall too. Was like he was kind of just
11: didn't
5: you know, care. Effort wasn't yeah. there. It wasn't like the best like locker room guy to have around. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell that he's. He's dove right into that kind of like mentor role. And he's, and he, he loves to talk too. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it makes it fun. So I hope he's good because he's good and fun and it makes it all, all our, all our happiness and getting us in our tummies go yay. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, let's go to Marty and Maniac. Marty, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hello.
10: Oh, snap. Hello. Marty.
6: Hello. Yo, I, I got to get your speakerphone. <laughs> Do it, Marty.
5: One, two. Three, uh, is yes!
10: Tall. Woohoo! Yeah, I want to talk some Eagles, baby. Yeah, Love
6: what, it, Marty. It's on your mind.
10: Right, I want you to beef me up with the offense and all that, right? Because I just I
2: want to give a shout-out to one of my guys on the Eagles this year, but I want you to help me talk into my shout-out.
5: Okay. Ooh, I like that. All all right, right, team, d- maybe some team spirits along with the spirits. What, 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 right what do we do to help
10: Beef me up on Wentz. What do we do to help Wentz?
5: I th- well, I mean, Marty, I think they've, they've pretty much done that. They've attacked it everywhere that they want to go. they drafted two new wide receivers, and you know, one of them can't catch a ball currently. Right right now, right, we're but... going
2: to make it quick. Now, if they help Wentz out, right, say Wentz gets hurt. I just want to shout out to who's the next quarterback?
5: Nick Foles. Foles. Is, is that what you're saying? I yeah? love
2: Foles, and I'm glad he is our
0: backup. Say I think Marty. our team is going to go 12 <laughs> wins this year. Yeah! Well... It might take eleven to make the playoffs. We get one playoff win, get kicked out.
10: I don't care. Hell, but we're getting twelve wins this year. Yes.
6: Yeah, I like. I like Tell it. Marty. Marty. What are you
5: drinking? How he's gone. No. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was so worried that Marty's tuned up, man. It's like Marty. Hey. It's got to it start early today. How are you tuned up at two thirty? Well, ready it's ready Okay, two thirty on Saturday. Two thirty It's, is it's totally not fine. how are you
6: tuned up. It's how are you that tuned up at two thirty on Saturday. Yes,
5: that is a yeah a, a salient point there, sir. Uh,
6: I want to I want
5: to I wanna just mention this because um,
6: do you want to mention it or do, does it make is, you so ob- uh,
5: I, <laughs> I'm aff- I, am, I am so offended by what's going on in Giants camp right now. Uh, Ralph, uh, how do you pronounce this? James? Vacchiano. Ralph Vacchiano tweets out. Brandon Marshall said when he watched Giants safety Landon Collins last year. He was the best leader at that position since... Oh, no. Are you ready? Oh, oh no. Don't, don't say do it. it. Brian Dawkins. No! <laughs> are you kidding me? This guy has one good year and, and, and suddenly is like the <laughs> crowning jewel. The guy who, by the way, if we're talking about, sure, leadership, maybe, whatever. Uh, if we're talking about, how can you... Come, I just don't like any of it. I, I, I just <laughs> I don't know, like any I of know. it. How can you say that Landon Collins, who still can't cover my grandmother... Uh, if she was playing tight end, to be fair, anywhere. your
6: grandmother's pretty spry. She John, is. So. She's
5: she's ninety and she's got she, <laughs> her. She runs a four four three. But like, uh, I am. Uh, I'm I, listen. I shouldn't. It's just fodder. It's training camp. I should recognize that Brandon Marshall's just trying to pump up his guy. But I'm like legitimately pissed oh, off. I can right tell, now, you
6: can see it on its right. You can see it on. It's like it's like he his total demeanor change. He saw this tweet, and it's just like all of a sudden he's all happy. excited, and you could just see the anger and and frustration so seeping in.
5: I'm going to retweet this all, every time that Landon Collins gets beat this year. <laughs> I think that's just naturally uh, natural progression to what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, I do see Len, and I know Len listens to us, even on the beach. Len's the best. Uh, Len in Swedesboro. what's going on, buddy? How are you?
11: Yeah,
2: what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Good, what's man. What's up, Lenny? Good. What's up, man? It's going to be hard to follow that last call, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did my drinking yesterday. So yeah, okay, go. good. Good, good, good. Yes. But, um, yeah, I just want to talk about the second band. I, I really want the Eagles to start Russell Douglas and let him get his lumps. Because at some point, we got to start developing talent. Malcolm mm-hmm. Butler wasn't even drafted. He's arguably one of the best corners in the league, and for me, that's how we got to start looking at these young guys. Like, okay, they're going to get burnt, but we started Nolan Carroll and Bradley Fletcher in recent years. Those guys were absolute trash. The one thing Douglas does have is an awareness of the football. So at least use that as one of his advantages, and at least get him in there, let him get his lumps, because our corners the next two years should be Douglas, Mills, and Nickel, and then Sidney Jones on the other side. Let's grow with them.
6: Len, I I literally could not agree with you more. We actually just talked about this on the podcast at BGN underscore radio, that um, I'm a big believer in anything you're doing in life, whether it's what it's what we're doing right here right now, what everybody does in their life, any job it is, whatever. It's all about reps. It's about actually right, doing exactly. it at the level you're going to do yeah. it. That's the only way you're going to get better. I'm with you. Look, at this we've talked a lot about this team. We're talking playoffs. It's exciting, all that stuff. But ultimately, this year is about getting ready for the next few years when you can really start exactly. to contend for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you need to get exactly. Rasul Douglas ready for that if he's a part exactly. of the future. So I'm with exactly. you.
2: Exactly. Exactly, man. And and I'd really like to see them also start thinking outside the box. Like right now, the Patriots, they play chess while everybody else plays checkers. Like look at Michael Kendrick. Everybody knows he can't cover anybody. He's very limited, seems to be in his football knowledge. But what he can do, like he can rush the passer. Well, if you've got to change your defensive scheme a little bit, try to get the most out of him, create a package where he's just going to be the designated blitzer or something. Try to get more out of these guys because we keep searching. Oh, we got to get a first-round pick or whatever. Yeah, you got talent on your team. You got to start cultivating some of
5: that. Yeah, so and we, and lend to a point. I agree, and uh, always accrecia- appreciate appreciate the call, man. buddy. Yeah. That's fantastic. I just think with the amount of talent that you already have on the defensive line, even some of the even <laughs> Jordan Hicks and Nigel Bradham and stuff like that. And I probably wouldn't have said that about Nigel Bradham a year ago. But if you're trying to cater a package to Michael Kendricks and you're going away from your strengths. I also think that's not, uh, you know, a productive. Great idea essentially, here. yeah. Right. No,
6: I'm 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 a big believer in the concept of tailoring what you do to the talent you have. I love that as a philosophy, but you can't because you have one guy who has underperformed and and isn't good enough in one phase of the game. You can't change your whole defense around just because he's good at one thing. You know, right. you sure you try and put him in positions where he will be successful. That's the whole goal of any coach, right? To put your players in a position to have success. But I, I think with a guy like Kendricks, you can't change what you do. You, you really just have to move on. Like, that's where we're at.
5: Brandon Lee Goughton, you are going to take off uh, and head down to terrain camp uh, right now. One last question. This is from at Wakefield's Fitteds. What's up with Billy Brown?
7: Oh, man. Billy Brown. Let me tell you about uh, who I believe Tehran calls bad Billy Brown. <laughs> He's looking pretty it's good to me. Bad <laughs> Billy um, Brown. This guy, I think the Eagles you know, have to keep to... four tight ends this year. I really do. I think. Brett Sell is wow. going to be done after this year. Wow. Trey Burton's going to be a free agent. So you keep a fourth guy. It's not just for this season. You're looking to head to the future as well. Billy Brown has caught everything thrown his way, has to prove if he can block. But he's shown enough as a receiver that I'm really intrigued by that guy.
5: Well, you can follow all the training camp updates from uh, our good friend Brandon goutnet Brandon BrandonGouton on the Twitter.com. Uh, When we get back, we'll dive in a little more and uh, we'll have a lot of fun. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
4: This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio
5: 94 WIP. Yeah, man, Billy Brown really is. I mean, uh, Brandon wasn't lying. Catches everything, not one drop this it's entire awesome. week. The only problem is, you can't block. No, that's the well, only problem. At least he's, he's not a tight end. Oh wait, <laughs> well, but he's so he's a wide receiver converted to tight end. So it's going to take a little while to you know you've been uh, if you're groomed as a tight end you're going to be you're sure. going to know how to block and do all that. I, that's where I kind of debate back and forth with a lot of that. So if you are, for instance. Let's say it's Greg Ward, who has been getting honestly a lot of praise and, and rightfully so, or Marcus Johnson, those kind of bottom end wide receiver guys. Are you going well? All right, we know this guy that can't block, but also if we do some you know funky things in like twelve personnel or twenty two or whatever, where we're just kind of all over the space, and you know we just throw him in the slot instead. Is that worth it? just to kind of keep around on an active roster versus maybe an actual wide receiver that can kind of contribute. Oh, it's, man. It's one of those things yeah. where It's like, all right, this guy can't block. Any, I don't really know if he can play special teams either, so that's another huge factor in it, but I don't know. What, what do you think?
6: I Like, in theory, if you can afford the roster spot, I love the concept of having someone who you can really trust to catch the ball when you need him to catch it, especially after what we went through last season with this team. But um, ultimately, I think if he can't contribute on – Special teams, and we don't know, but I think that if he can't, um, I think that's too much of an impingement for him to make yeah. the roster. I just think, especially the way this team does things. You know, we talked about it with Aguilar, You know, it was like, oh well, you know, if he you know doesn't work out, he can't play special teams. That's a real issue. I think. I think this team cares about as we know they've they've put you know resources and effort into having good special teams. I think a guy like that, if you're the fourth tight end, you got to contribute on
5: special. Yeah, teams. absolutely. You have to you have to kind of do and and uh, and come around with a lot of those things and. Uh, we will have our weekly uh, Nay Brown and or Henry Josie power <laughs> rankings as we'll get into it. But first, we want to go to Devin in Hawaii. Devin, what's going on? How are you?
10: Hey, guys. How are you doing
6: today? Good. Not as good as you if you're in Hawaii, I'm guessing.
10: Aloha. <laughs> Beautiful,
0: man. Aloha. Hey, so uh, I've got a little bit of a trick question for you guys.
5: I love trick questions.
0: All right. Answers four. who is the player who improved uh, the offseason acquisition player that improved Jim Schwartz's defense the
5: most. The acqui- now, just in free agency, or are you talking about draft as well?
6: Draft as well. I'm trying to think how it could be a tr- trick question I don't know here. if
5: it is a trick question. Well,
6: I don't think it is either. I
5: mean, I'm still going with Derek Barnett. That's my answer.
6: Uh, hold on. So, so say the question for me one more time. Who is the player who improved Jim Schwartz's scheme the most? Uh, improved the defense the most overall. You said the off-season acquisition is what you're saying? Yes. Ooh, is there some uh, coaching change? No. I'm trying to think of <laughs> it's how it's a trick question yeah. here. Uh, uh, I don't know. Fletcher Cox. Not an off-season <laughs> expedition. I meant like the new Fletcher coming back. James yeah. is bad at this I'm game. I'm just going to say Jernigan. Who's the correct answer? You want my answer? Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey. Really? Oh, I That's get now. It's a trick question. I see what Interesting.
5: You're so why is Alshon helping out the defense here?
6: Well,
0: I think what happened was a number of years ago after ODB's first season and the season was over and I was jonesing for some football, I went to YouTube and I watched his highlights, and they were amazing. And then they brought up Des Bryant's highlights, and they were amazing. d highlights in Washington were amazing. And all we had was Jeremy Macklin that was pedestrian. And so now that we have a real wide receiver out there, Maybe our quarterbacks don't look so bad because they're not down by seven starting out of the gate. And you have a little bit more confidence when you know your offense can actually go score touchdowns.
5: Well, yeah, if they, uh, absolutely. And that's where, you know, that's the huge thing that we've uh, discussed this offseason is just far as like, listen, you can move, you can scheme all you want to in between the 20s, but you can't score a touchdown point of the board, it doesn't doesn't matter.
6: Yeah, and I think if uh, where I thought he was going with that was more the concept that you're moving the chains and you're keeping the defense off the field more. And for a defense like Schwartz's defense, it's all about being fresh. It's all about going hard. It's all about having that, you know, extra level of gear always to always be like, go, 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 go. So I was thinking maybe what he was alluding to was, you know, Alshon, first downs, continuous, moving the, you know, moving the chains, and thus the defense is fresher, and, and that's where I thought he was kind of taking
5: it. Yeah, and we can, you know, the yeah, sustaining drives and also having mm-hmm. points, and then, you know, just like starting pitcher having sure. runs and feeling a little better, play a little looser, and then not as tight as they're going out there. Well, um, yeah, I, I tell you what, guys, we've really enjoyed uh, the afternoon here, and um, I'm going to head down to camp as Went well. quick. So, so make sure that you are following at Brandon Gowton, at John Barchett, of course, at James Seltzer, And at BGN underscore radio for a ton of training camp updates. And like we said, we're going to try and ramp things up on BGNradio.com, Give you daily updates as we're down there and uh, just have some daily podcast fun as well. James, final thoughts as we're rolling out of here.
6: Uh, I was, first of all, ODB, you don't hear that much for OBJ. It's kind of (laughs) gone the other way. Uh, But my final thought, I just showed you a tweet during the break. And and this might be the coolest thing that has ever happened. Hot pie from Game of Thrones is started a bakery, a real life bakery. He's a baker now called You Know Nothing, John Doe. Wow. That is the greatest thing I've ever
5: heard. That's pretty fantastic. Fantastic. If, if you uh, know what James is talking about, because I certainly don't, because I, <laughs> I, I'm i in the Glenn McNeil crew. I, Oh, I gotta... my God. I've never watched one episode of the Game you, of Thrones.
6: Oh my god! Oh my, this is yeah, like...
5: So I don't even know what to do right. I'm now. saying no, I, I, still owe Glenn a phone call, which I'm just realizing now as I'm snapping myself out of this crazy week. So we need to get together and like catch up with this thing. Yes, he started.
6: He's he's five he's, eps yeah, in now.
5: I need so five is a lot better than like you know. Yeah, well, or normally it's because
6: people start and they're like, I watch six seasons in three days. <laughs> I feel I great. Keep, keep giving it to me. <laughs>
5: uh, so, uh, yes, we've had uh, we've had a lot of fun this afternoon. John Johnson, Hollis Thomas, are going to carry it along with you uh, and, uh, you know, keep tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday. Uh, the and it's going to be Vince Quinn and Mr. BLG himself yeah, neither, going over. Neither so.
6: of us will actually be back <laughs> next Saturday. The Saturday after,
5: I got to go. Uh, I got to go see what's happening in Chicago, so I'll be there. But uh, uh,
6: I have to go to a dry wedding in Texas. So well, you win. that's
5: uh, <laughs> that sounds awful. What doesn't sound awful? More uh, sports radio coming up right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP.